Um, so a similar idea for pronouns, where someone tells you their pronouns, you use them just as like a basic courtesy and basic human decency. And it might take time to get to the point where you feel comfortable using them and transitioning, but making that active effort to try is really the most important part so that people can see that you're putting this effort in, that it's something that matters to you and that you care about as well, even though it's not directly affecting you. Um, because we're all connected in so many different ways. And so making sure that we're acknowledging these connections and we're supporting one another as humans is really the most important part. everyone, I'm Denise Gorin. Welcome to Bite Your Tongue, the podcast. Thanks for joining us as we speak with experts, authors, parents, and even young adults to explore the transition from parenting our young children to building healthy relationships with our now adults. Hopefully we'll grow together, learn about ourselves, our young adults, and of course, when to bite our tongues. We are so happy you're with us. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bite Your Tongue, the podcast. You asked for it, and we're on it. This is another episode that answers listeners' questions. About a year ago, we had one of our most emotional episodes about understanding LGBTQ+, with Levi Tichy, president of PFLAG Denver, and Stacey Shigawa, a parent of a pansexual daughter. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, I'd really encourage you to do so. Even since that episode dropped, things have changed. And also, I can't seem to keep my pronouns and language straight for this ever-changing community. I want to do a better job, and it seems like our listeners do too. As they've requested, we do another quick episode on this topic. So we decided to do a quick refresher course on understanding the LGBTQ pronouns and language. I was in LA recently visiting my daughter, and I took a walk with a friend and a young 20-something person joined us who identified as non-binary using the pronoun they. Even in saying this sentence, I wanted to say she used the pronoun they. I was tripping over my tongue the entire walk, and finally at the end, I asked they if they might join me on the podcast. They agreed, and here we are. So welcome to Bite Your Tongue. And I'm going to apologize in advance if I mess up my language from the start. But today we are welcoming... She's a 20-something non-binary person heading to law school in the fall with a hope of studying environmental justice law. I was so impressed talking to them on our walk, and I hope you will be too. So let's get started. So welcome. I'm glad you're with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Really excited to have this conversation. Yeah, it should be interesting. <laughs> um, anyway, first, when I interviewed Levi and Stacy, we used the phrase LGBTQ+. Now I keep seeing LGBTQIA. What's the difference? Which is more appropriate? Does it matter? I mean, the less things that matter, tell us that, okay? Because we have a lot to focus on. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. No, that's a that's a great question. Um, and I feel I feel like I should start by just saying, you know, all my answers to these questions are going to be some of the knowledge that kind of I've received and my understanding of the terms and definitions. But those evolve and those change, and people have different relationships to their identities and to these terms. So I just kind of want to preface everything with that. Um, so these aren't inherent facts, just my understandings of no, the terms. We get that um, completely, perfect. absolutely. But I just loved you on the walk, and I know you're going to give us a lot of great yeah. information. 
we'll take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So, okay. so with those terms, LGBTQ plus versus LGBTQIA. So I personally use LGBTQ plus or LGBTQIA plus um, mainly because, yeah, mainly because I find that plus to be a little bit more inclusive of identities that aren't fully captured when you just say LGBTQ um, or even when you just say LGBTQIA. The community is uh, much broader than those terms and encompass a wide range of identities. And so when you add the plus, you're just acknowledging that there are unnamed identities that fall under these terms and under this community um, generally. So if I'm trying to be the most inclusive, I just add the plus to the end to indicate that. Can you tell me what the IA stands for? Yeah, so the I stands for intersex. And so for intersex, that basically means an individual who um, falls outside of that male-female binary that we usually discuss sex as. Um, And then the A is to describe people who are asexual or aromantic, which basically means that they don't experience sexual attraction in terms of asexual. And for aromantic, they don't experience romantic attraction, or they experience those in very limited ways or in limited circumstances. Okay, so that gets me to try to figure out then, uh, um, what's the difference between sex, gender, and gender identity? Because you use all of those words sort of in your explanation. So how do we clear up that and know what we're talking about? Yeah, definitely. And so sometimes these these terms do get used interchangeably or sometimes they get conflated with one another. Um, But generally, so sex is, um, and all of these terms are also contested. And so there isn't, um, they're they're, they're terms that we've, you know, made up to describe in the best way that we can some of these different identities, but they don't do a perfect job. So for sex, um, it's seen as the kind of biological markers. So this might mean that um, someone who is born with XX chromosomes is typically assigned female at birth. Someone with XY chromosomes is typically assigned male at birth. So that has to do with the chromosomes and reproductive organs you're typically born with. Um, But then people fall outside of that. Okay, so if I say I'm lesbian or queer, is that my, that's not my gender, that's my sexual orientation? If you say that one more time? If I say I'm lesbian or I'm queer or however, I mean, Mm -hmm. I want to know what the terms are that would be my, is that my sexual orientation? Yeah, that, so if you say you're a lesbian, then that's your sexual orientation. If you say you're queer, that could capture either your sexual orientation or it could capture your gender. Okay, and how about non-binary? Is that gender, not sexual? For non-binary, that's your gender. That's gender, okay, so that's it's just gender. very confusing. Um, before we get under pronouns, I want to tell you something that happened to me yesterday, and I want you to be honest with me. So okay. I was shopping in the store, and this person was checking me. This person was just helping me so much. And I really couldn't tell whether it was a he or she by the physical appearance of this person. Okay. And they were just so great. And typically when I have someone helping me in a store, that's really great. And I see the manager, I like to stop and say, I just want to tell you, this person is really great. And I really struggled with how to say he's really great. She's really great. You know, I didn't know what to do. So I said, this person that was helping me was really great. And then I wanted to go on to say he did this or that. And my tongue got all crap. And I, so I just turned to the person and I said, you know, I just want to tell the manager how great you were. What, what pronouns do you use? 
was that okay? Or am I insulting them because I could not tell whether it was a man or a woman? Yeah, I think that's, that's a great question. Um, the, the default, especially when you're just meeting someone in a, in a situation like that, you could also just ask for that person's name. Um, yeah, so that's, they could have said, what's your name? But they yeah. also could have said their name was Jackson or Jordan or, you know, and then I would have been yeah. stuck again. No, but then you could say, um, oh, Jordan, Jackson I would use the person's name. Exactly. Right? So probably I shouldn't have said, what are your pronouns? But I was so nervous yeah. about it. And there's there's nothing wrong with asking for someone's pronouns. I think the only time it gets tricky is when you're only doing that when you see someone you think is trans. Um, because then that can also be almost, um, yeah, kind of like alienating or um, the person might feel like you're outing them. You don't want to out someone in like, especially a work situation. Um, so when you're in those types of situations, you want to be extra careful, especially relating to work and using the person's name or asking what their name is could work. Yeah, I should have um, done the, that. Okay. But the default in general, if you're meeting new people across the board, um, there's some back and forth about this, but asking for someone's name and pronouns, regardless of assumptions. So if you meet someone new, uh, don't just ask their pronouns. If you think they look queer, if you think they look trans, more so just asking name and pronoun anytime you meet someone new and making that the norm. Some people do um, take issue with that, which I understand as well, because again, people might feel as though you're outing them. Um, they do have the choice to either give you their pronouns or not. Um, so there's a little bit of controversy around that, but I do think that that's the safest option to avoid misgendering people in the future. And I, I really like that I should have said, excuse me, what's your name? I just, anyway, he seemed very okay with it. He said he, him. And okay. um, afterwards I sort of went to the side and I said, I apologize. I didn't know, you know, how you wanted me to refer to. He said, no, that's great. So I think he was yeah. okay. Yeah. I left a little uncomfortable thinking I'd love a little bit of a lesson on how to approach this. And I think you saying immediately ask for the name. That's really a good idea. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I want to get into pronouns, and I think that has a lot to do with gender and gender identity, which we want to talk about, right? And so yeah. I don't want this episode to be really long. I want it to be right to the point and helping people understand how to use these. And, you know, a lot of people in my generation feel like this is just really silly. You know, we've had these pronouns for so long. We, this is just getting ridiculous. Every time you turn around, there's a new gender, a new gender identity. You know, how do we keep this straight? And I had read an opinion piece in the New York. I'm going to say first, though, I was probably one of those people a year ago. Like, this is just getting ridiculous. You know, you're just a person, I, I, you know, whatever. I respect whatever you do. I don't really care. But why do I have to learn all these things? And then I was reading this opinion piece in the New York Times. And it was by this professor from the University of Oxford. And she said, what Quakers can teach us about the politics of pronouns and she points out that in modern England, the rules of civility dictated that an individual of higher authority was entitled to refer to himself and to others with plural, not singular, pronouns. A trace of this really still exists because sometimes the royalty refer to themselves as we, but we don't even think of it that way, but they do. Yeah. The ambiguous you that English speakers use now as the second person singular pronoun many years ago was thee and thou. So historically, the English language has worked for these worked through these pronouns for years and years. We've just, you know, had this for so long that we can't remember that sometimes we have to advance. So that's why I really wanted to have this episode. So I've rambled on Definitely. long enough. So why don't we just talk about the pronouns, how to use them, kind of identify how many you think exist, and then let's role play a little bit on how to use them. So what pronouns exist right now? 
or are those pronouns considered gender identities? Um, yeah, those are great questions. So the okay. pronouns are separate from the gender and gender identities. Okay. So right now, what pronouns do we have to know to use? When you meet someone and they say, you know, what are your pronouns? What would you say are your pronouns? They, them? Yeah, mine are they, them. Exactly. They, them. Okay. And then I would be she, her? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And what would a straight man be? Um, so, well, a straight man could also could could be he, him, but some people actually use multiple pronouns. So a straight man could also be he, him, and they, them. Um, so saying straight is just talking about someone's sexual orientation, but doesn't necessarily indicate anything about their gender. And so even saying man, some men do identify with multiple genders. So they might use he and they might use they. Okay, so if someone uses he, him, what is that saying their gender is? That's not that's not gender. That's no, that's just your pronouns. But that doesn't tell pronoun. you Ugh. doesn't tell you so much gender. Yeah. Okay. All right. So tell me as a, you know, the 60 plus year old people listening to this podcast, what you think it's important we know right now. Yeah. I think and how to use it. Definitely. Um, I think the most important, the, the most important thing to kind of take away from all of this is just to think of how you would want to be treated in the world, how you would want to be acknowledged in the world, how you would want to be received in this world. But even when you think about, you know, when you meet someone new, you ask that person what their name is. And if they said, oh, my name is Blake, you wouldn't say, oh, you know, you look more like a Doug to me. I'm going to call you Doug. Um, <laughs> you, you would be like, okay, your name is Blake. I'm going to call you Blake now. Um, mm-hmm. So a similar idea for pronouns, where someone tells you their pronouns, you use them just as like a basic courtesy and basic human decency. And it might take time to get to the point where you feel comfortable using them and transitioning, but making that active effort to try is really the most important part so that people can see that you're putting this effort in, that it's something that matters to you and that you care about as well, even though it's not directly affecting you. Um, Because we're all connected in so many different ways. And so making sure that we're acknowledging these connections and we're supporting one another as humans is really the most important part. So tell me if someone's pronouns were he, him, they, them, what Mm -hmm. would I use when I was talking about that person? Any Uh, of those? Yeah, sometimes it depends on the person. So some people will say you can use them interchangeably. So whatever you feel comfortable with, you can use. Some people will say, oh, you know, today I actually... Um, feel more comfortable with he, him. So if you could just use only he, him for today or for however long. Um, Some people have preferences, maybe even depending on who they're around. Some people might be like, okay, if I'm around family, only use a certain set of pronouns, but outside of that, use all these other pronouns. And that might be because if they're, it could be if they're not comfortable being out in certain spaces. So for example, in a family or in a work situation, you might use different pronouns than the ones you typically use. Um, So all of these are questions you'd have to ask the individual person because everyone's going to have different answers to them. And would you say your generation is pretty good with all this and easily adapts or is your generation also struggling to keep up with everything and use it properly? I think there are definitely people in my generation who also struggle with this. I, I think it's easy to kind of find oneself in a bubble of just people who do know all of this information and who are pretty good about pronouns and using them correctly. 
but the kind of larger general public, I think, is still grappling with this and trying to figure out how to use pronouns correctly, even within my generation. I think that we're moving in the right direction. I think larger numbers of people are using them more um, more accurately and are making a more active effort than previous generations have. But I think there's definitely still work that needs to be done and understanding, and people need to understand the kind of significance and importance, like the conversation we're having right now. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think work can and should be done, but um, I am seeing you know, active effort. And so what other program pronouns do we have? We have he, him, she, her, they, them. Are there any others? Yeah, there are. There are actually a lot of others. I would just say that the most, the next most common one is Zizer. Um, that's probably the second most common, and that is um, sometimes actually spelled two ways. So either as with a Z E or with an X E, mm-hmm. and um, I would say that's the most common. There's yeah. the Zizer. Is that also? I've heard that that's also non-binary. Or- yeah. So some non-binary people will use Zizer as well. Okay, what makes you decide whether you're they, them, or Zer? Just a personal preference or choice. Um, it kind of just depends on the individual, which one stands out to them more. Um, I know for some people, again, not for everyone, but some people like the fact that Zer is um, its distinct own category and set of pronouns. Some people also use both Z and they, but depending on how that person feels about wanting kind of a separate set of pronouns, that person might use Zer instead. And then if people are, like for myself with they, them, uh, right. for me, it's just something that was I was just most comfortable with. It didn't wasn't much of a kind of something I was grappling with. It wasn't something I really spent a great deal of time thinking about. I was just like, okay, they, them, that works for me. It's non-binary, captures it. <laughs> works for me. So it, it depends on the person. Some people have different relationships with how they want to be referred to as. See, and I guess the they, them for me, I find really difficult because even when I did the intro, I said, you know, I was so impressed talking to them on our walk and I hope you will be too, meaning talking to you on my mm-hmm. walk. Okay. So when I say them, that conjures in my mind two people. I should have just used your name. Um, and I guess the more you can use the person's name, the better off you are. Because I do really trip over myself with the they, them. Even when we were on our walk that day, I wanted to say to your mother something about her daughter. But how would I refer to her daughter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think with they, them, even what the conversation you were talking about with the, the article that was talking about the different right, uses right. of like the universal use and these and all that, um, even with they, them, even earlier, I don't even think you caught yourself when you were talking about the person at the store. You did right. say they at one point when you were saying, oh yeah, and I didn't know what to call them. You said they, and okay. you didn't even catch it. Yeah. Right. So okay. Okay. And okay. I didn't want to interrupt you. Oh, but, okay. Um, okay. I guess because I'm so confused still. But we, we actually do that a lot more often than we realize if someone is at the door and we go to the door, we come back inside. Uh, maybe my mom asks, Oh, who was at the door? What did they want? Yeah, what did they want? But that's yeah. we're using the they mm-hmm. uh, to to capture an identity. Like if we don't know the person's gender, we use they actually all the time. So people sometimes get stuck in this idea of oh yeah, this is supposed to capture multiple people. When in reality, that's not how we use they a lot of the time. And so kind of extending that that knowledge and understanding to these moments and realizing first of all, language does shift. So even if we weren't using they in that way. Like you said, it's perfectly normal and acceptable and um, a part of society to for our words and languages to evolve. But with they and them, 
there isn't much evolution that needs to happen. We're already using they and them to describe the singular person in many situations. Mm -hmm. And so recognizing that, I almost feel like it's kind of this idea of almost like this idea of if you tell yourself it's really complicated and difficult, it's going to make it more complicated and difficult. So not fighting yourself as much, but seeing it as this is, this is easy. This is simple. It's going to take practice, but I can do it. And I think that really does help. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you this now, and then we're going to really start wrapping up because I think you've really helped a lot just opening our minds and identifying what these are. I don't think we want to go through all the different pronouns because I think we want to learn the the few that we can handle. And I think what you just said, I can do it. I can do it. You know, let's say I'm meeting your mother on the street. Okay. And Mm -hmm. I say, so, hi, I was so excited. I met your, can I say, I saw your daughter last week or how would I refer to you? Well, what is another word for daughter or child? Child. child. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Your child. I, okay. Or use the name or use the name. Right. Or use the name. Okay. Okay. Any other situations that you can help us with that might be complicated in that way? Just always refer to the name or think of another word for it. Is that right? I think it's um, odd to talk about you as a child, though. If I saw your, <laughs> I saw your child. It just sounds so weird to me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. yeah, and it's it's definitely trickier when you're talking about adult children. But I think yeah, exactly. the concept still still remains. I'm still I'm still her child. You know, I know, I know. But it would so. be, and, and if I didn't remember your name, I'd want to say, I saw your daughter the other day. I couldn't remember her name. See, I couldn't remember her name, and I'd have to say I couldn't remember their name. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right. So you'd say, right. yeah, child and their name. Okay. Exactly. Okay. All right. So we're going to wrap up because I wanted this to be short and sweet. And I thought you were wonderful. But I always ask my guests before we leave, what are two or three takeaways that you hope our audience will take away from this conversation? Yeah, I would say being open with um, the information people give you about their identities, about who they are, about how they want to be perceived and received in this world. Um, And then also being willing to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes. So I think just knowing you're going to fumble and you're going to make some of these mistakes, but not giving up. So making those active efforts and letting yourself know this is something you can do. This isn't something that's impossible. This isn't something that's going to break you. Like this is something that's going to just strengthen your relationship with the people around you. And this is a really great positive, positive thing that you're going to be, that you're trying to do. I think that's great. I'm going to add to that. Ask the person their name if you're really stuck. I, I yeah. just, that's a big thing I learned today. Well, I think those are terrific. It was great chatting with you. And are you off to law school in the fall? I am. Yeah. I'm still deciding where. So okay, I, I'm okay, still deciding, okay, but okay. I will be attending somewhere in the fall. Well, you're going to make a huge difference in this world. I just know it. you have such a wonderful personality and you're open-minded. When you say just try, it's okay if we make a mistake and you think people understand that and they're glad we're trying. Okay. Yeah, I okay. definitely okay. think so. Okay. And I, I think there is a difference between active and passive trying. So that, that idea of knowing and believing that you can do this and you can make these changes, because I do think sometimes people will use for years, oh, I'm trying, I'm trying. And you know, after yeah. three, four, five years, are you trying? So okay. actively trying, right. so not no, that, so not just the promise, but the action. Yeah, I get it. You can say, oh, I'm trying, but I just can't do it today, you know, or something exactly. like that, right? No, that makes perfect sense. All right, I'm going to say thank you again for joining me. Good luck to you and thank keep in you. touch, okay? Yes, I hope we can take another again. walk in LA soon. 
Yes, I hope so too. Thank you again for having me. This has been great. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much to our young guest who joined us today. I know it took a lot of guts. Thank you for helping us through this ever-changing world of pronouns, genders, and identities. I think what I learned is we all have to try, and as complicated as it might be, if we just remember he, him, she, her, and they, them, we've come a long way. I actually felt very uncomfortable doing this episode, and I'm sure I sounded very foolish in some places. I apologize truly if I offended anyone. I just wanted to do the episode because I want to encourage everyone of my generation to look at these changing pronouns as positive and inclusive. And I think really it will help your adult child respect you even more. Thanks again to Connie Fisher for the audio engineering. Remember listeners, follow us on social media and share our podcast with your friends. Finally, if you have an idea for an upcoming episode, remember to email us at biteyourtonguepodcast at gmail.com. And in a few weeks, we will be selecting one random person to receive a $150 gift certificate from shapermint.com. So send those ideas in. And in the meantime, remember, sometimes you may just have to bite your tongue. Although this podcast was already recorded and posted to drop on Friday, I could not let it drop without sending prayers to the families affected by the tragic shooting at the elementary school in Texas and a week earlier in Buffalo. I feel like we are just becoming almost numb to these horrific incidences. We need to all come together to figure out how to stop these massacres from happening every day in our country. This is one time we all should never bite our tongues, but instead speak out about the violence and work to stop these horrific events. I hate to end on this note, but thank you all for listening and we'll see you in a couple weeks.